Game Man with this week's Top 5 Express Board Games Edition. Each episode, I'm going to give you a topic for the list and give you my picks for the top five games that fit that topic. Today's a fun one, and I'm going to give you a little bit of background here. So my daughter, uh, I've, I've fully been a able to get her into gaming. She's worked at an escape room for a few years. She really dug Jaws of the Lion and she loves D&D, et cetera, et cetera. So she's easy to get into playing games with me. But my son, he's 16. He'll play some games. You know, he's played some Jaws of the Lion over COVID and such. He's just not quote unquote a gamer with tabletop or board games. But recently, I'd say probably in about the last six months, four to six months or so, he and some of his friends have been taking a real liking to playing chess. Now, I don't know how uh, they started, but hey, it's a start. So to me, this is kind of bringing in an analytical problem solving, thinking ahead, you know, giving that sort of thinking and gaming to him for some future games, you know, bringing that like of that sort of stuff to games. So naturally, I want to get him into hobby gaming because many, many people who started off in chess, I mean, I'm even one who as well, when I was a kid, I played a lot of chess and became a huge fan of heavier Euros and other hobby board games. So this this kind of got me thinking, since there's been games like War, Lords of Waterdeep, which, uh, you know, and also more recently Dungeon Crawlers like Gloomhaven, that have gotten a lot of the RPG fans and D&D fans into hobby board gaming. And of course, uh, you know, Magic the Gathering has had a lot of uh, fans of Magic the Gathering come over with things like Soul Forge, uh, Key Forge, and, and other games like that to bring people over. Kind of a good gateway. So I was trying to think of what would be good gateway games or pe- games that would get people to transition for players that love chess into more, you know, uh, hobby board game. Now, this is also a list that I largely put together by crowdsourcing, so to speak. I went to Twitter and uh, asked a lot of people uh, on my show. You know, just to get games for uh, people like uh, everybody out there, the listeners and such, and people and friends on Twitter. So here's a few of the caveats. Now, there's a bunch of those abstracty or you know, those abstract, very very abstract games like Quarto, Yinch. I was trying to stay away from those games, and Yinch being like the Gift Project. They're all basically like four letter games, and they're way abstract as hell. Because I wanted this list to bring new gamers from chess to see the world of hobby board gaming. And see the themes, not overly like chess per se, because you know, not just the boring, themeless dude, you know, just pieces. I was trying to stay away from that. Um, a couple of, I think one of them that I kind of have on my list is similar, and even one of these also ran is similar, but it's still kind of different enough. But anyway, um, you know, it's it's an easy thing to be bring people into things like Yinch, Gip, and, and Othello and some of these other things, but it's just boring and flat to me. You know, you could just, they would just answer would be, ah, I'll just play chess, but I want more theme. I want some more color and, and things in this board game. So let me talk about the the uh, kind of initial two that I want to talk about that kind of just missed this list and really, but really are good to fit. And what I'll do is after I give my top five, I'm going to give a bunch of these kind of also rands uh, that I got from. Again, all this was kind of part part me and part a lot of the uh, what came in from Twitter. So the first two that I want to talk about is War Chest. This is a game from AEG that came out uh, in 2018. Now, War Chest is really cool because it's very much uh, a chess feel on a board there. But the thing is, the, the pieces that you can use change from game to game. And there's a whole bunch of these. And they're chips on a board. And they go into a bag. And kind of a lot of the thing about it is managing what you're going to get, not necessarily always just managing what is already on the board, which is really cool. And the chips are really cool to play with. So it's a really, really good one. And also uh, a very, very uh, chessy, we'll call them like a chessy variant, is the Duke. Now, the Duke came out of 2013. 
by Catalyst Game Labs. And what's really cool about the Duke is you have a certain amount of pieces on the board, and they're basically these square pieces, and the board is just like a chess board. It's a very chess-like game. And each piece has its own way of, of moving, again, just like chess. But when you move them, you then flip them over, and they move a different way on the backside, kind of an offense-defense type thing. Or you can pull a piece out of a bag, and it adds a little bit more randomness, and you have to really think on a fly, which I think, to me, is much better than chess, where all that information does. I like the idea of thinking on a fly, very tactical gameplay, uh, rather than just completely strategic. I like tactical as well, which is basically turn to turn, where strategic is more now for an hour or later, where you'll have a mix of that in this sort of game, because you will have some strategy, but it's mostly tactical because of what's going on the board. So now let's get into my my top five games that we'll call this my top five hobby games like chess, or basically the top five games to get your chess playing friends to play board games. So number five is an oldie, and it's nice oldie but goodie, but it has that same feel. This is Hey, That's My Fish. This is out in 20, uh, 2003, so 20-year-old game year. I think Fantasy Flight puts it out now. So basically, Hey, That's My Fish, you're going to have a whole board that's out in front of you, and you have penguins. Now, each one of these pieces on the board have anywhere from one to three fish on there. And as you move your penguins, when they move, you can move in and basically they're hex, they're on hexagons and you move it in a straight line hexagons. And as you move them, you pick up the last, the piece that you started on. So as you're kind of moving and bumping into other penguins, the board gets smaller and smaller and it's very, very strategic. I'm trying to either box your opponents in so they can't get very many fish or box yourself in so you have a huge, you know, iceberg all to yourself and you're basically just getting all the rest of those fish yourself when you move. Very cool game. Very easy to teach, but a whole lot of strategy and an easy one because it only plays in 20 minutes that you can get a chess-loving person to just fall in love with this kind of game as well. Number four is a game that I think the designer from the the stories that I've read was the designer wanted to take chess and put it without a board. And that's what this is. This is Hive. And this is uh, from John Yanni. Now, what's really cool about Hive is everybody basically has these pieces and they're all bugs. Now, each one of these bugs has a different way, obviously, because it's Hive. So basically, each one of these bugs moves or is placed on the board a different way. And again, they're hexagons. And you're placing pieces out there and you're trying to basically circle the other person's queen before they they can circle encircle yours. So as you're putting the pieces out, you know, they have, again, different powers and put in different places, but it doesn't have to go in just a regular pattern because there's no real board. You're just placing them next to the other ones. So the boards get really, really cool. You can play this basically on the go, any tabletop, you know, on a plane, places like that. This is great. Another 20-minute game that's just such a super strategic, tactical, just great game. And again, has that chess feel to get people into it. We're going to get a little bit more. The rest of these are are actually not all of them, but these next two are a little bit bigger in scope. Uh, Take a little, well, they're still quicker, but they're bigger kind of boards. Anyway, number three, is Santorini. This is from 2016. This came out from Roxley. I'm not sure who uh, who actually owns this right now. Um, but anyway, it came out from Roxley and, and Spin Master Limited. Uh, and this is a really cool game because, again, it has that strategic feel where you're trying to put pieces on the board and get your person to get to the third level or the high, you know, you're trying to get to that third level and you're trying to build, you're constructing a building level uh, next to the one you did and you're trying to get onto the third level and you're trying to get the uh, the dome on top of there. Anyway, what's really cool about this one is the regular game itself is kind of boring and abstracty. 
because uh, everybody's can, you know has the same thing. But when you start adding in the variable player powers, because each one of these each sets they have forty thematic gods that have their own uh, powers inside the box. Now, when you start adding those into there, it changes the way the game plays completely, and it does make it a lot more fun and a lot more a lot more uh, thematic. Rather than just a, you know, to me, a little boring game, because regular Santorini is a little boring. You add in those variable player powers and it turns the game up to 11. So really cool. Santorini, excellent. There's uh, other different uh, things. You know, there was Santorini New York that I think came out last year that uh, I think uh, has just a little bit different board and different. I think you have two people on the board and a lot more player powers, but really cool. Uh, But Santorini, excellent, excellent game. Number two, uh, this is a game that's near and dear to my heart. I just absolutely love. And it's kind of two games that I'm going to put in this one. The first is Nerushima Hex, and the other one is Monolith Arena. Monolith Arena being basically the kind of the fantasy version of Nerushima Hex. There's a little bit difference, but not really too much of a difference. Very easy to learn game. But what's really cool about this, it takes place on, obviously, like kind of a hex grid uh, with smaller hexes involved in it. And each person has their own themed kind of army to them. Now you're going to start off with a certain amount of pieces that you'll be able to put on a board, but each round you're basically drawing up pieces you'll have. I think you'll end up with three pieces in your hand and you've got to play two of them. Now, uh, each one of these pieces will basically be part of your army or another way uh, to boost your army or to give them kind of buffs in a way. They, uh, the pieces of your army can have, they have attack and when they go kind of attack, sometimes defense and when they go in initiative order. And then you also have your base that you're trying not to get uh, you know, get a lot of damage done to it. So, uh, and also not everybody just, not every round is they're just attacking. There's certain chips or certain pieces that when you play them, that triggers an attack or when the board fills up, that also triggers an attack. So it's very strategic as far as kind of waiting for your turn to do the most damage and to have the battle. Cause everybody kind of hits everybody in certain initiative order when you do play the, the attack one. So this is great. They're both really great game uh, really solid game designs. Michael Oraz, uh, great. Uh, they're constantly putting out new armies for Nirishima Hex, and I believe there's a uh, there's an app for it. I haven't downloaded it to play it, so I think it's uh, a pretty solid game. Uh, again, you play these, both of these pretty much solo, but the app really does a real good job from what I hear as far as playing it solo there as well and playing against other people on there. Uh, but yeah, Nirishima Hex and Monolith Arena is number two. Now, number one with a bang uh, from everybody that I talked to on Twitter overwhelmingly, and this was also on my main list, but brings us to number one because so many people talked about it. Uh, and it has definitely has that chess feel, but with that little bit of a change to it, a little abstracty, but I think there's just something that makes it better than just the short abstract, uh, you know, boring abstract games. And this is Onitama. Onitama came out in 2014 by Shimpei Sato. Uh, and what's cool about Onitama is you have two, ba- you have two sides of the, you have your big kind of, uh, your main piece, uh, your king or queen. Then you have the two pawns on each side. Now there's a certain amount, I think there's like 15 or 20 cards that come in the base game. And when you, uh, start any game, you basically shuffle them up. You give each person, each player gets two cards that are on their side. And then there's going to be one card on the outside. So when uh, player one plays, they have to use one of their two cards. Now on these cards, it tells you how you can move pieces. Now it could be moving your king uh, or your main piece, or it could be moving your pawns. Uh, and then what happens is once you move a piece using that uh, card, it goes into kind of the side to the next uh, one. And then you take the one that was put to the side. And then you have two guards in front of you and that card slides over to your opponent. Now your opponent has the other two that they have, but they're going to get the card you just played after they play their next card. So you're basically trying to get either your uh, your main piece to the other side of the board, basically in the middle. I think it's a five by five grid. 
Are you trying to get your piece to the other side or you're trying to take out their uh, their king or queen, you know, their main piece uh, that they have? Um, there's a name for it. I don't really remember what the name piece, main piece was. Uh, again, this is another pretty quick plane. Great thing about all these games, they all play in like 30 minutes and they have that same real strategic feel where uh, chess can just take hours and hours sometimes. Uh, but yeah, this is another great game. On a timeout, two players, plays in about 20 to 30 minutes. And like, again kind of lightish and you could uh i think you could still get this one it's less than 30 dollars on amazon so i want to talk about uh so there's my top five there's hey that's my fish hive santorini nirishima hex or monolith arena and onitama i want to talk about it real really quick some honorable mentions that we've got uh unmatched i think is actually kind of a a pretty good example here because basically it's one-on-one uh, you have, it's very thematic because you have, you know, uh, Houdini versus the genie. So each player has somebody they're using. So you've got player powers and you're just trying to take the other person out on a board. Uh, very cool. Uh, there's another one that I got from uh, Justin Jacobson uh, that I'd never heard of. That's actually really interesting. It's called Navia Dropped. And this is basically kind of chess that they kind of made this as a chess variant with, uh, and Bandai made this, it was, it's kind of had uh, a different theme. It had, um, it, it had more of a, an anime theme to it uh, with, and it kind of changed up some of the rules of chess. So that's a pretty cool one to check out. Navia dropped and it's D-R-A-T-P. Uh, Confusion is another heavier type Euro. If you really want to get into the really kind of heavy based ones, that Confusion is crazy. Uh, Boop is a new one that just came out from Smirk and Laughter. That's pretty cool where you're kind of cats or kittens going on a board. And as you kind of get things together, they turn into caps and you're trying to just boop, you know, like they say, boop, you're trying to move the cats and kittens around a board and you're trying to get them next to each other, yours next to each other. So you can turn them into cats. And then when you have certain, I think it's three cats next to each other, uh, you win the game. Uh, there's also that time you killed me, uh, Tosh Kalar, which again, a little bit abstracty, but still kind of may, may fit that Onitama kind of feel with the, the battle. Uh, another person mentioned Carcassonne, which I guess, yeah, that's, that's a pretty good one because it is kind of that strategic one-on-one, uh, with a little bit of thinking and has some good scoring to it. A great one. Uh, Sagrada also a little bit abstracty, but yet still takes that same thinkiness in where you're placing, uh, and you know, even though it's more of a multiplayer solitaire, I, I, I'll let it, I'll let it slide because I just absolutely love Sagrada. So anytime I can mention it, I will go ahead and mention it. And then, and also the final one we've got is Summoner Wars. Uh, yes, uh, I think it's kind of more, I don't know. I think Summoner Wars kind of fits more into that almost like magic or CCG type play, even though it is got some good one-on-one chess-like play, but the way that your armies or your decks are kind of made up. Uh, I think it makes it a little bit different, but still kind of a good way. Anything, you know, even CCGs are probably really good for players that love chess to get them into, you know, kind of gateway into the hobby board gaming. Anyway, so those were all things that I'm hopefully I can try some of these games on the list with my son and see. I'll let you know if they if they work at all. I'll let you know on Twitter if they work uh, to get them into more hobby board gaming at all and kind of see what else is out there. So anyway, thanks for joining me this week on Top 5 Express Board Games Edition. If you have any questions or you want to tell me what games you think would be great gateway games for chess lovers, feel free to comment on this episode at Majorspoilers.com or go to the site for tons of other great podcasts and content by Steven and the rest of the Major Spoilers crew. Of course, go to this Major Spoilers Discord. You can hit us up in there in the Top 5. Uh, there's also a Munchkin, Munchkin Land uh, part of the Discord. You can go to the channel where you can go discuss it, uh, different things there as well. Uh, anyway, I'm Dan Dan, a board game man, and you can find me at Geek Jock Dan on Twitter or on the Geek All Stars podcast. Of course, like I mentioned, a bunch of Kingland podcast here on Major Spoilers, where I give a twice a month, 10 to 15 minute board game news show. And also as a contributor to TMS, where I do a board game segment with Scott and Brian. I'll be back soon with more board game top five goodness. But until then, grab a new board game and have some fun with family and friends. I'll see you.
This podcast is copyright 2023 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.